Hello, creeps and weirdos. Hello, psychopaths and maniacs. This is your host, The Butcher. Welcome to another episode from The Slaughterhouse. Okay, listeners, on tonight's episode, we are going to be talking about the Scream movies, the ones done by Wes Craven. Well, we're talking about all of them, even though the last one wasn't done by Wes Craven, but it was in honor of Wes Craven since he passed away. May he rest in peace. He was a fantastic uh, horror writer, director, producer. He had his name in a lot of stuff. Uh, Before I get any farther... If you haven't seen any of the Scream movies and you would like to, spoiler-free, turn the podcast off right now, go watch them because there are going to be spoilers in this podcast. If you've already seen the Scream movies but haven't seen the newest one and don't want to know about that one, uh, you could listen up to a little bit. I will mention before I start, I will mention that I'm going to talk about the new one before I do. So you can listen to the podcast up until then and then turn it off and wait till you watch. Or if you don't care about spoilers... Or if you've seen them all anyways and you just want to hear my opinion, then go ahead and keep listening. Uh, But anyways, so for anybody that doesn't know, the original Scream movie, the Scream series of movies, they did do a Scream series, which was on MTV, and it was okay. It wasn't great. Didn't really, didn't tie into the movies and just wasn't the same. Uh, But anyways, the... Scream movies are slasher films like that of Freddy Krueger or... Well, so, well, all right. Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Your typical slasher movies. Um, but unlike Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th, this is a little bit closer to along the lines of, we'll say, Psycho, because the killer is human. Um, but anyway, so the original Scream starts off... At, it's in the late 90s, I believe it takes place in 1996, or that's when it was made, I believe, or 97. Anyways, starts off with a uh, teenage girl, 16 or 17, played by a young Drew Barrymore. Gets a phone call on her landline, and for any of my younger viewers out there, if you don't know what a landline is, ask your parents or look it up. It's when we used to have uh, house phones plugged into the, you know, we used to have our phones plugged into the house. Anyways, still cordless. She's still walking around the house talking. For anyways, let me get back to the whole point. Anyways, she receives a phone call. She's at home, and she gets a guy with kind of a raspy voice on the phone, and he asks, she asks who the who is this, and he says, well, who is this? And then she tells him her name, and he goes, oh, I must have the wrong number. She goes, that's okay, and then she hangs up. Well, then he calls back, and. She goes, you have the wrong number again. And he goes, oh, no, no, I, I just, I was curious, I want to talk to you. And so they start talking and he's being friendly at first. And then he asked her if she likes scary movies, to which she replies, yes. Um, then there's a nice little nod to Wes Craven, who, if you didn't know, created the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And he asked him, and she tells him that she likes the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And he goes, oh, is that the one with the guy who has knives for fingers? And she says, yeah. And he goes, I like those. And she goes, well, I like the first one too, but the rest of them sucks, which... 
pretty sure Wes Craven only worked on, I think he worked on the first one and maybe the second one, but he may not have had a hand in the rest of them, which is, I think, why they did that. Anyways, he starts talking, he's talking to her, and then he starts getting a little bit creepier because she goes, why do you want to know uh, my name or... He asked her what he wants. He asked her why she, what her name is, and she goes, "Why do you want to know my name?" And he goes, "I want to know." He says, "I want to know who I'm looking at." And she goes, "She replies, what?" He said, "I want to know who I'm talking to." She goes, "That's not what you said." And so she starts to get creeped out, and so she gets ready to hang up the phone, and he says something else, and basically lures her back into talking and threatens to, uh, he threatens to kill her and gut her like a fish if she hangs with the phone. And so she freaks out. I believe she hangs up the phone and then he calls right back as she's getting ready to call the cops. And she tells him, you better leave me alone. I have a boyfriend. He's going to kick your ass. And he says, oh, you wouldn't mean Steve, would you? And and she's like, how do you know that? And he goes, oh, because he's right here. She goes, go, look at, go turn on the back porch. So she goes, she goes, turns on the back porch light and there's her boyfriend, Steve, bloody and duct taped to a chair. And she says, uh, let him go, and he goes, let's play a game. So he asks her, he asks her a series, starts asking her questions about horror movies. And she goes, I don't want to play a game. And he said, well, if you want Steve to live, you play a game. She's like, I'll cut him or I'll kill him right now. And she goes, okay. So he asks her a couple different horror movie questions. One of them ends up being a trick question, which she gets wrong. He kills Steve, and eventually he ends up killing her. Um, but this starts off a whole series because all these high school kids are really hear about it. And then everybody's getting creeped out. And then they introduce the main character who is played by Nev Campbell, uh, Sydney. And you find out that she's dealing with stuff too, because her mom was killed a year ago. And the guy that supposedly did it is supposed to be going to trial and she's having issues with her boyfriend. Anyways, a whole mess of stuff goes on. I won't tell you about the whole movie, but it's basically a high school group of friends that are dealing with the the killer and people start dying off and then they go to like a house party and then the movie and the killer shows up and a nice little plot twist to the movie is that it ends up being her boyfriend billy loomis who and but it's not just him there's two killers it is her boyfriend and one of their other friends Stu Stu motts played by matthew lillard and so they, uh, they end up uh, killing Billy Loomis. They kill Stu. A whole bunch of you know crazy stuff goes down, and end uh, of the movie. And then you get Scream Two. Now the funny thing is, is so the people that survived Scream One were Sydney, their friend Randy, who is probably one of my favorite characters in the entire first movie because he's your Typical, back when there were video stores open, video store nerd, knows all this stuff about horror movies. He loves horror movies. But even in the movie, he states, because someone makes a joke about about doing something in, a, in, in the movie. And he goes, he goes, you can't do that. He goes, we're in a horror movie. And he goes, what are you talking about? He goes, there are rules to surviving a horror movie. He goes, first rule, you can never have sex. And everybody boos them. And he's like, no, seriously. When you have sex in a movie, you die. 
in a horror movie. That's what, that's what happens. You have sex, you die. Uh, number two, you can never never say, I'll be right back, because you won't be back. And then he's got it cuts away, and he's got a couple other lists of movie uh, um, rules and stuff like that. And then that translates into the sequel, because sequels have different sets of rules and stuff like that. And so they kind of keep that going, which is really cool. And that's one... Sorry, I apologize. That's one reoccurring theme that I love throughout each one of the Scream movies. The only one I don't think it happens in is the third one. They might, but it's it's like a, it's a weak weaker point in the third Scream movie. But that's one thing that they stick with is there's always rules to the horror movie uh, based on, and it's either how the movie's going to play out or how you survive. Uh, but anyway, so the people survive. It's Sydney, Randy survives, and then Courtney Cox plays the uh, re- the local reporter who caused part of the drama anyways because she covered Sydney's mom's murder the year before and wrote a book about it and just whole back and forth between them. But then they end up teaming up together at the end to try and, to take down the bad guys. And then uh, the local deputy... Played by David Arquette. His name is Dewey. He's, you know, he's your kind of unsung hero. He's he he tries and he gets wounded a lot. He gets leaving the um on the new one. He in the newest screen movie, he tells how many times he's been stabbed. Well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'll, I'll touch more on it when I get closer to it. But anyway, so Scream Two uh, takes place like a year or two years later and it takes place in Windsor College which this one is fictional there are actually Windsor Colleges out there but this one's fictional and it takes place in Ohio all the license plates and stuff to make it sound like it takes place in Ohio but Sydney's going there Randy's going there and uh Gail Weathers played by Courtney Cox she's the Reporter, she gets it big because she writes a book called Stab, which is based on all the events of the first Scream. So it's it's a book based on the events that happened in the first movie. And then in the very beginning of the first, the second movie, they the Stab, the book has been turned into a movie. And so, well, sorry, the name of the book was not called Stab. It was called like the Woodsboro Murders. And someone turned it into a movie called Stab. And so... The reason I'm telling you this is because it's actually important for the rest of the movies, especially Scream. The we'll, we'll call it Scream Five. It's just called Scream, but we'll call it Scream Five. So, anyways, they go to college. Uh, killings start happening again, and they start. Um, I'm trying to remember how they do it. And Scream Two, the killer starts targeting people that are friends with Sydney but have similar names to the victims from the first movie. So, like, one of the first girls that's killed, her name is Casey, which was Drew Barrymore's character's name. And then she was dating some dude named Steve, and he gets killed in uh, Scream 2. And just just stuff like that. And then uh, you end up, through a series of events, Randy pops up again, gives his rules for sequel, surviving the sequel. Unfortunately, there is a showed another spoiler alert, uh, kind of a 
they all kind of have separate phones and they're, they're, they have a phone that the, they're talking to the killer and they pass it off and Randy gets it and they, uh, there's a comment made about the killer trying to be like Billy Loomis and Stu Motts and Randy loses his shit and calls Billy a pussy and Stu was a crybaby and just pisses off the killer and the killer pulls Randy into a van and just obliterates him and it sucks because Randy was one of my favorite characters. Um, then you end up going, they go through a whole bunch of stuff. It's believed that Sydney's new boyfriend, new boyfriend in this played by Jerry O'Connell is the killer because they, they're, that's pointed to it. Cause I mean, that's, that was the, the theme from the first one. So, I mean, you know, that's scary. Well, then he ends up getting killed and you find out he's not. Well, the, the killer ends up being, killers because this is a reoccurring theme too is that there are multiple killers there's two always two killers in the scream movies with one exception I'll, I'll go over that in a minute but it ends up being uh one of the crazy movie or film student uh fan or one of the crazy film students cannot for the life of me remember his name but it's played by uh Oh, I can't think of his name. I can't think of his name. Hold on. I've got it. But uh, one of the killers is the film student, which is played by... Why is... Give me the entire cast. Sorry. IMDb is being slow... Uh, sorry, Timothy Oliphant plays Mickey, and the other killer is played by, I cannot think of her name, but it's, uh, the sister from Roseanne and the mom on Big Bang, Sheldon's mom on Big Bang Theory, I cannot think of her name right now, but she plays, anyways, she plays Mrs. Loomis, which is the, Billy's mother. And so it is kind of a crazy, uh, crazy whole like twist there that she shows up. And the reason she shows up is because she's getting revenge on Sydney because Sydney uh, killed her son. And then she blames Sydney too, because supposedly Sydney's mom, the reason Sydney's mom was killed. And that's, that was the whole thing. And I forgot to mention this originally but billy loomis and Stu Motts are obsessed with horror movies but the thing that pushes kind of pushes them over the edge is that um sydney's mom is known for being kind of uh she gets around and she ends up sleeping with billy's dad and it's never confirmed by or she, like sydney never really realizes that but like billy caught him and uh, it was the re and so did Billy's mom. That was the reason that Billy's mom left. Billy's mom left, and that's what he says. He goes, you know, you're the your mom's the reason my mom left. Um, she caught your my dad and your mom together, and so you find out that uh, Sydney Sydney's mom was sleeping with another man named Cotton Weary, who was the guy that's being that was essentially being framed for her murder because it was actually Stu and Billy that kills Sydney's mom. And frames him for murder, and then 
a year later, they kick off the events of Scream where they start killing people and they're going to make it be, they, they want it to be like a horror movie where they survive and it backfires. So basically it's them watching too many horror movies and going nuts. And the fact that he was traumatized by his mom leaving because his dad was cheating on his mom with Sydney's mom. Anyways, flash forward to, or fast forward to number two. She comes back, wants revenge on Sydney because of the shit that her mom did and because uh, she killed Billy. She ends up killing them both. Her and uh, Courtney, uh, Gail Weathers, played by Courtney Cox. They kill both of them. Well, technically, Mrs. Loomis kills Mickey because he wants to go to court. And Mrs. Loomis is like, this is never going to go to court. I, we're just going to get away scot-free. She kills him. Sydney kills her. End of story. Or so you thought. Then it goes back to... It's a couple more years later. goes back to California, where the first one took place in Woodsboro. Well, it's outside of Woodsboro. Uh, Sydney's kind of like living in seclusion. Change her name. And the killings start happening again. But this time they start happening like to cast members of a new stab movie that they're working on. And Sydney gets called into it. This is the only one that... I was not a huge fan of Scream 3 because, one, there's no... It's one killer, which doesn't make sense because there's so many times when it's... There should have been... It looks like there's multiple killers. But the other problem, too, is like... So they do this whole convoluted story where... Talking about Sydney's mom back in the day came to Hollywood to be a movie star. Ended up sleeping with a movie producer. Got pregnant. Had a kid. Basically abandoned the kid. And then moved back home because she had changed her name when she was in L.A. And then moved back home and nothing ever happened. And so the killer, you find out the twist in this is the killer is Sydney's long lost like half brother or whatever because he was and he's pissed off because she abandoned him and blah, blah, blah. And it was it was not a great one. And Sydney ends up killing him. And the only like upside to this movie is like they, they get Lance Hendrickson in it. So that's pretty cool. But. It's, I don't know. The third one was just kind of lame. And Scream 4 takes place, and it's kind of the new, newer age slasher films where they use, like, the body-mounted cameras, and it's, like, from the person's point of view, and it's, you know, everything's just uploaded to the internet really quick, and it's a whole new kind of... It's, it's still a sequel, but it's... They're like, it's a whole new way. There's a whole, whole new set of rules and stuff like that because it's a new generation. And ends up being two killers again. But this time, it's Cindy gets pulled back into it because her cousin, played by Emma Roberts, um, is the, the main character. Uh, she's, being, she's the one that's being targeted by the killer. And so she asks for Cindy to come in and help. Same with Gail Weathers and Dewey's in this one again. David Arquette and Courtney Cox have been in every single one, by the way. I haven't mentioned the third one, but they they show up in every single one. Dewey always comes back and always gets stabbed. But then they, uh, so, anyways, shit goes down in this one. And the, the twist behind this one was Emma Roberts was the killer. And she had talked one of the film student kids into being her partner, made him believe that she was going to fall in love with him and 
they were in love and, you know, it was, they're going to be partners and like Bonnie and Clyde. And then she ends up killing him and she's going to make it look like he did the whole thing. And she's the helpless victim and he killed Sydney and she's the new heroine heroine. And she's going to be a star and, and get all this publicity attention. Basically she was jealous of all this, of all of Sydney's fame that Sydney never wanted in the first place. And Sydney, you know, puts a, a kibosh on that and basically kills her after she kills uh, her partner. And here you go. So Sydney's got messed up family. And do we get stabbed again? And Gail Weathers gets stabbed, shot or stabbed too, and then they survive. And But now moving on to Scream 5. All right. So if you have not watched Scream 5, Turn off the podcast right now if you don't want spoilers. If you have watched it or you don't care, continue on. All right, so I wasn't sure how much I was going to like this because it was 25 years after the original Scream, so that's a cool little benchmark there. Um, I believe it's still, I want to say it's a good 10 years after Scream 4. Let me check real quick. All right. So, Scream 4 came out in 2011. So, it's actually 11 years. No, no, no. You know, it came out this year. So, yeah. So, 11 years after uh, the first er, Scream 4. So, it starts off, a whole new set of kids, but it, it's kind of a similar intro. So, young girl, she's stuck at home, gets a phone call on, I was kind of surprised she had a landline, but she's, she's sitting there texting her friend on her cell phone. She gets a phone call on the landline, and she doesn't even answer. She just hangs up. Tells her friend, hey, uh, it's kind of a weird phone call from on the landline, and so... All of a sudden, the phone starts ringing again, and her friend texts her. He goes, hey, pick it up. And she's like, uh, okay. And then so she answers the phone. She goes, Amber, are you? Because I answer her friend's name, Amber. She goes, what are you doing, Amber? She goes, and it's the traditional ghost face voice, which that's one thing I didn't say earlier either, is that throughout all the movies, every person, when they talk on the phone, so you can't recognize them, they have a voice changer they talk to on the phone, which... Uh, it probably would have been important to, to uh, tell anybody else before they stopped listening to this, but if they've watched the other Scream movies, they already know. But if you haven't, they uh, the killer always talks through a voice changer. Anyways, whole same spiel. You know, do you like scary movies, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, yeah, but she tells him she likes the newer age uh, horror movies like The Babadook, Babadook and something else. And they're like, no, those aren't, those are terrible. What about Stab? You ever seen the Stab movies? And uh, she's like, no, nah, I think I've seen the first one once. And then so basically the killer starts getting pissed off because it's like, well, you don't appreciate good horror movies. And then she gets attacked and stabbed and yada, yada, yada. But she actually survives. So that's the difference here. She survives. Um, the Then her sister, her older sister is called and called to come home because she was stabbed while while she's on the phone um her boyfriend is right there and i'm gonna tell you right now from the get-go like i've 
always been pretty good at guessing who the killer is, at least one of the killers in these movies. Just like the same thing with like the Saw movies. Um, and I'll go over those when I, I'm going to have another episode where I talk about all the Saw movies. But I'm usually pretty good at figuring out who the killer is when it comes to movies like this. And this guy gave off like Billy Loomis vibes. And I was right. I ended up being right. He, he is one of the killers. Um, and hopefully you guys are ready for spoilers. I told you beforehand that there was going to be spoilers. But anyways, he, he ends up agreeing. He wants to go with her. She, she lets him. Um, and you're trying to figure out, and it's a whole new set of, of kids, new sets of friends. But And the reason that the original uh, group get pulled back into it is because Dewey still lives in Woodsboro. He's retired now. Um, Sydney lives somewhere else in California. I think she actually lives in New York. Uh, Gail is somewhere else. And the, you're trying to figure out how these are related and what's going on. And you end up finding out that one of the first people to get killed was related to one of the was actually related to one of the people from the original movie. And then you find out that the reason that the so the girl that was stabbed, her older sister, or the girl that was attacked, so the girl was attacked, her older sister gets pulled back. She's the main target. And the reason she's the main target is because she is Billy Loomis's daughter. And you find out that um, she read through a diary, her mom's diary, that when her mom was in high school at some point, her mom hooked up with Billy Loomis and he got her pregnant and then he disappeared and they found out he was a killer because then the events of Scream happened and blah, blah, blah. And she ended up meeting her real dad and found out that he was, or not her real dad, but her, the dad that currently that raised him. Her mom married him and then they would also say they lived happily ever after. But at one point she tells him that when she reads the book, it's 14 and she tells her mom, asks her mom about it. And then the dad didn't know. And so he leaves and, Whole bunch of family drama, but yeah. So she's the daughter of Billy Loomis. So then, flash for a little bit more. Each one of the group friends, friends group is a different is related to a different person from the original movie. So you, or one of the original movies. So you've got one of the kids is actually the daughter of the deputy from uh, the second Scream movie, and she makes a. She makes a reappearance as she's now the sheriff, and she gets murdered. He gets murdered. Um, there's a random girl in there that has nothing to do with it. She's just some girl that's dating him. And it's thought of that she's one of the killers because she just acts really psycho and weird. Um, she's not. She ends up getting murdered. But then there's a set of twins, and you end up finding out that they're mom is who you meet her in scream three her their mom is randy's sister and so they are randy's niece and nephew and which it's perfect because like the the sister the randy's niece is super into movies and horror movies and stuff like that and so she knows all these rules but she actually explains it it's something brilliant so she actually says that there's there's new rules because this is not this movie is not a sequel and it's not a reboot. 
because she explains that sequels are tired, sequels have been done. Reboots, nobody likes them, fans hate them. Um, so this is called a requel. And so what it is, it's like a sequel and it's like a reboot, but so you get a new cast of characters, but you bring in the legacy characters for the fans. And so she gave examples. She goes, the new Star Wars movies, the new Ghostbuster movies, new Ghostbuster movie, and there was something else that she mentioned. I can't remember. But she goes, this, it's, this movie is considered a requel. And so there's new rules, and they're like, anybody can be the killer. But it's ends up being a really good movie. Um, end up finding out. So the other killer ends up being the main character's best friend. And the reason, so the, the killer is her boyfriend and her best friend. Can go figure, and so the the whole main plot behind them trying to kill it and get this requel going is because so as the stab movies have gone on, they have gotten worse. Like their sequels have gotten worse, and these two are like fans of the original stab. Said all the sequels suck, and then they did like a stab eight. They were talking about a stab eight in the movie, and where the ghost face killer is wearing like a sleeveless shirt. He has a silver mask and he's rolling around killing people with a flamethrower. And so they're basically talking about how it ruins the series and it's not worthy of it. And so they're doing their own requel to try and bring the series back to its its true roots. And that's the whole thing. And so they basically it's a it's another thing with horror fans like lo- just losing just losing their minds and being crazy and, and doing this. Um, but the other thing that really sets them off is that you find out, so the third act of the movie takes place in this house where this, where it's where her friend Amber lives. She's throwing this party. Um, and then the house and the house looks very familiar as soon as you like enter it and you see the front entryway. And I, I called it right away when I saw it just because I've seen the Scream movies so many times, but it's the exact same house that's located in the third act of the first Scream movie, which is Stu Mott's house. Stu Mott was played by Matthew Lillard. And so, because he throws the party there, and then that's when everything goes down. Well, same thing happens here, where everything is just playing out very similar to the first Scream movie, and there's even a scene, and it's, I actually kind of like the scene, I thought it was pretty, a pretty cool way to do it, but so, so in the original Scream movie, when most of the people have left the party, because uh, something happened, oh, it was, uh, the principal in the school was killed, and the killer hung the principal up by his intestines on the fucking... Uh, field goal post. So all the students hear about that and they leave while the only people left in the house are like Billy, Stu, Sydney, um, her friend Tatum, played by Rose McGowan, who is actually dead at this point, I believe, uh, and Randy, played by um, Jamie Kennedy. And then you have David Arquette and Courtney Cox are outside along with her cameraman and they're just kind of like keep an eye on the house. Um, there's a scene and it's a, it's right after uh, Randy has explained the rules to describing a horror movie because they're watching the original Halloween. So he's, he's in there watching it by himself. He's drunk. And there's a scene where in 
Halloween when Michael Myers is sneaking up behind Jamie Lee Curtis and Randy is yelling her, telling her and yelling at the TV. He's like, turn around, Jamie, turn around. He's right there. Turn around. Well, at the same time, Randy is being snuck up on by Ghostface. And just as he's getting ready to get stabbed, something happens that draws Ghostface's attention and he disappears and Randy doesn't get stabbed. So the ironic thing is that in Scream 5, so there's a part when I think her name is Cindy. Cindy is sitting on the couch. Same thing happening. Same position as Randy was in, in the first Scream movie. However, now she's watching Stab. And it's playing the scene that is a re- definite recreation of the, the scene in the original Scream. Where the character is supposed to be playing Randy in Stab. is laying on the couch, yelling at the TV for Jamie Lee Curtis to move. And turn around and look her behind her because Michael Myers is right behind her. She's doing the same thing. She's watching the guy who's supposed to be playing her uncle in the Stab movie do the same thing. And she's yelling at the TV. She's drunk. So it's a weird, like, almost like a mirror image effect. Like, because you got her watching it and it's mimicking the events from Scream 1. And then it's just, and, but she, unlike the events from Scream 1, she actually turns around and catches Ghostface in the act. And then. It shows a knife coming down, and then there's a scream, and it cuts off to other stuff. She ends up surviving. She's okay, and her twin brother survives. So I was happy that they didn't kill off the twins for for Randy's sake, because he was one of my favorite characters. Um, but then you end up, that was when they accuse, there's certain people that get accused of being the killer. And that's when her friend Amber comes out, and she goes, nope, I am the killer. And she pulls out a gun and just smokes one of the other girls. And then at one point they're wrestling and they're fighting and Sydney tells Amber or tells uh, the one guy, her, or no, no, sorry. It's the main character. I can't remember her name in this, in screen five, Billy Loomis's daughter there. She's wrestling with Amber. She tells her boyfriend to get, I think her name is Sarah, but she tells her boyfriend to get the gun and Sydney picks it up instead. Sydney's aiming the gun and she's getting ready to shoot. And then the boyfriend comes down. And he's like, oh, here, I'll take the gun. And he walks up next to Sydney and he, he stabs her in the side because he's the killer. And so it's, and he even told her because uh, Dewey says in the beginning when they first meet, when he first meets them and she tells him who he is or who she is and what's going on. He goes, well, watch your boyfriend there. Cause how long have you known him? Cause it's usually the love interest. And she looks at him like, what? And he, he looks offended. And then later on in the movie, he goes, yeah, you should listen to Dewey. He got a spot on the first time. He goes, it's love interest. He goes, once I found out that who what Amber needed and a partner, and he goes, I tracked you down because you weren't hard to find. And so, but yeah, so and the, the whole thing that got started because the they were pissed off about the Stab movies not following the original plan. And because the her friend Amber, her parents bought Stumont's house. And once she found out, that whose house it was, she became obsessed, she said. And so it's just a whole crazy thing. But it had a good ending to the story, and it was a good... The whole movie itself was really good, but... The only thing I didn't like, and it was probably because it's part of the requel thing, and also probably because David Arquette was tired of doing the movies, but they actually kill off Dewey in the movie, and it's, it's pretty brutal. Like, he gets... Stabbed in the stomach and the back, and then like they instead of just being stabbed, they like they bring the knife 
up, like, they almost, like, gut him, because they bring the knife up through his stomach and his back, like, up from the lower part to, like, the upper part. And so he definitely doesn't survive this after being stabbed. He gets stabbed nine times, he says, over the course of, like, the four Scream movies, and this was the final time, and he was done. But uh, I, overall, I mean... Me just talking about it doesn't really do it justice. If you like the movies, you, the screen movies, you enjoy them, and you haven't watched most of them, or even just the last one, go, go sit down and watch it. Uh, the newest one I know is on Paramount Plus, where you can just buy it. The other ones, I'm not sure where you can watch them. They were all on Netflix at one point, but uh, yeah, they're they're great movies. Uh, the last one I felt like it did justice to the Wes Craven versions of Scream, and so. I really enjoyed them, but uh, that about about wraps it up for tonight. Um, I appreciate all my listeners tuning in, and next Sunday will be a new topic for the Slaughterhouse. It will probably be a little bit more real uh, story that I tell because it is, I've been watching the documentary series on netflix the john wayne gacy tapes and it's uh pretty chilling so i kind of want to talk about that because it's like i've i've known a little bit of stuff about the serial killer john wayne gacy but it's this stuff is is a lot more intense than i mean obviously i knew he killed people and, and stuff like that but this is a little, a little more intense than what like what i thought had happened so but anyways i'm gonna talk about that next episode but Thank you for listening. Um, if you have any friends that like horror stuff and you want to have them have a listen, uh, hopefully you guys tune in. Have them tune in. I appreciate all my listeners. Thank you again for listening and being here. Uh, every Sunday is going to be a different different uh, topic. So, And then I will go back to Wednesdays. They're going to be football, but... Anyways, so thank you to all the creeps and weirdos out there. Thank you to all the psychopaths and the maniacs. This has been The Slaughterhouse with your host, The Butcher. And until next week, stay alive.